You're listening to Bexer in the Morning, hosted by Spotify. Hello, Americans. This is Jeb Bexer, broadcasting live from Satellite 2. Good morning, folks. Welcome back to Bexer in the Morning. My voice is slowly trying to come back from my bout with COVID. That was over a week ago. But it is starting to get better. But let's get right into it, folks. It is Sunday, January 7th. And that means we are celebrating the Feast of Epiphany. The Epiphany of the Lord is the readings on this Sunday. The first Sunday is, well... Is it the first? Yeah, it's the first Sunday of the new year of 2024. So welcome to the new year, folks. We're off and running with Bexer in the morning, and there's many things that we want to talk about today. It is a busy morning as Izzy goes back to school after a nice long Christmas break, New Year's, and we're all getting healthy again. <laughs> Thank the good Lord, and, and uh, it's now the epiphany, and it's, it's wow how time flies, you know, when you have COVID. But, you know, we did have a nice vacation, and uh, we did enjoy ourselves, and Pollux got recharged, CC2 had fun on the cruise ship, and we're, we won't even talk about how much fun I had, and their CEO, you know, we both got over COVID, and now we're off and running. So let's talk about the epiphany of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, we're about to find out. As uh, the gospel goes back to the gospel of Matthew today to tell the story of the three dromedaries, the three kings that came to pay the infant Jesus homage, and they didn't even know what they would find. They followed the star from many miles, many days, weeks of traveling, and they didn't know what they would find to find a, a simple family in a manger, in, in, a, in a barn, where a woman gave birth to a king. So let's hear that story. The Epiphany of the Lord, Sunday, January 7th, here in good old 2024. The first reading is from the book of Isaiah. Rise up in splendor, Jerusalem. Your light has come. The glory of the Lord shines upon you. See, darkness covers the earth, and thick clouds cover the peoples. But upon you the Lord shines, and over you appears his glory. Nations shall walk by your light, and kings by your shining radiance. Raise your eyes and look about. They all gather and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters in the arms of their nurses. Then you shall be radiant at what you see. Your heart shall throb and overflow. For the riches of the sea shall be emptied out before you. The wealth of the nation shall be brought to you. Caravans of camels shall fill you. Dromedaries from Midian and Ephah, all from Sheba, shall come bearing gold and frankincense and proclaiming the praises of the Lord." How about that for a prophecy, folks? 
The word of the Lord, thanks be to God, the book of Isaiah. You know, hundreds of years before the coming of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, Isaiah was had these words, these visions revealed to him. Down to the point of talking about the three kings coming from all over the globe to come and pay homage to the newborn king. That is the power of Christ. That is the power of God, ladies and gentlemen. The responsorial psalm on Epiphany is from number 72, verses 1 and 2. To begin with, Lord, every nation on earth will adore you. That's that, that that about states it. Lord, every nation on earth will adore you, and that was the 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 mission of the uh, apostles, the Acts of the Apostles. That's where that book of the Bible comes from, to spread the word of God to every nation. And that's why the three kings are so symbolic. And that word keeps coming up, symbols. The Catholic Church is replete with symbols, including kings from other nations to come and pay homage. And they, don't, they didn't even know what they would find when they got to the place where the star would lead them. The apostles didn't know what they would find when they began their mission after the resurrection. So, symbols, there is nothing wrong with symbols in the Catholic Church. And you wonder why I bring that up. I'll get to that. But first, let's continue with the readings. The second reading is from Paul to the Ephesians. Brothers and sisters, you have heard the stewardship of God's grace that was given to me for your benefit, namely that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. You see, Paul, Paul had many revelations himself, just like the prophet Isaiah. That's why I pause here. Namely, that the mystery was made known to me by revelation. It was not made known to people in other generations, as it has now been revealed to his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, that the Gentiles are co-heirs, members of the same body, and co-partners in the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel. The word of the Lord. So it's a short reading, but very to the point. Paul is getting right to the point that, you know, the word of God, these revelations weren't made known to very many people. And he's talking about generations. But it has now been revealed to the holy apostles, you know, the men who walked and listened to Jesus' mission, saw him crucified, witnessed his resurrection, and also to people like Paul. And Paul is a prophet. You know, he, he is, you know, he was, he was Saul. And then on the way to Damascus, he encountered the risen Christ. And uh, that's the Holy Spirit overcame him, and that's why he began to teach and spread his word to many different places through his letters because he was in prison most of the time. The Romans would not let him out of prison, so he wrote letters. And uh, the Colossians, the Romans, and uh, Ephesus, the Ephesians here, Thessalonians, he wrote many letters. That's how he spread the word, 
by the Holy Spirit. And that's what he's talking about here. So a very good, very good reading here, the second reading, very short, but very directly to the point. And now the gospel, which is the acclamation and the gospel are both from Matthew, telling the story of the three wise men. We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. The Gospel When Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of King Herod, behold, Magi from the east arrived in Jerusalem, saying, Where is the newborn king of the Jews? We saw his star at its rising and have come to do him homage. When King Herod heard this, he was greatly troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. Assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, For thus it has been written through the prophet, And you, Bethlehem, land of Judah, are by no means last among the rulers of Judah, since from you shall come a ruler." who is to shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly, and ascertained from them the time of the star's appearance. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go, and search diligently for the child. When you have found him, bring me word, that I too may go and do him homage. After their audience with the king, they set out. And behold, the star that they had seen at its rising preceded them until it came and stopped over the place where the child was. They were overjoyed at seeing the star, and on entering the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. They prostrated themselves and did him homage. Then they opened their treasures and offered him gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed for their own country by another way. The Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. So, yeah, that's what we're that's what we're celebrating today. the The first Sunday of the year is Epiphany. You know, several days after the birth of Christ, the Nativity of Jesus, we have Epiphany, and that's where we have the idea of giving gifts at this time of year. The three kings brought him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. As, as my daughter, Isabella, used to say <laughs> when she was little, gold, Frankenstein, and myrrh. <laughs> and speaking of Frankenstein, we have many, we have many ways to give thanks right now. Uh, when we started Bexer in the Morning back in August, the idea behind this podcast was to be a marketing tool for our CEO's books. Keith R. Reese's books. And uh, the Lord had other ideas. And uh, Bexer in the Morning has been retooled, and as, as you know already, as a way to spread the word of God. That was Jesus' idea all along when this mission began. Yes, he, he wants the CEO to sell some books. Yes, of course he does. But he really wants our CEO Keith R. Reese, to spread the word of God. And this is one of those vessels, you know, the blue Yeti sitting before me. And I'm going to kick 
Vexer out of the comfy confines of Studio 1A and take the chair and control of the Blue Yeti. This is author Keith Arries, and we do have many thanks to give as we uh, did something we have never done before with our marketing, and that's give away books. I used to give them away on a website called Smashwords, and that was long before I became a published author. I was just still an independent self-publisher at that time, and met other authors and learned different ways of getting you know readers to, to start reading my books. And one of them was using that tool called Smashwords. I even told, told my brother about it, and he used it. And uh, there is a free feature. And uh, it does list your books on Amazon and other websites, and it lists them for free. But there, there are some caveats with using Smashwords, and I learned them. <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I gave away books for free on Smashwords for at least three or four years. And uh, the one that had the most success was a book called The Lunas. When it came out in 2016, it, it immediately had seven, 800 downloads. And I was pretty overwhelmed. But when you give something away for free, anybody will take it. And that doesn't mean they're going to read it. Our our uh, our burp outtakes is out there in burpituity, the burporama. It's out there. It's had a few listens, but not as many as we thought. But we're going to leave it up for a little bit while, a little while longer. Let me take a break. One moment. This is going to be a, an abbreviated session here, abbreviated show, because got a lot of work, a lot of work to do with school starting back up today, and I've got a book to finish. And get it out there for the One Night Trilogy. That's one thing we're working on. The title of that book, Part 3 of the One Night Trilogy, which I have been given permission from the publisher out in Honolulu to go ahead and do it myself. They finally said yes, in, in their own way. Uh, it's called The Last Night. Last Night in the Big Easy. The Big Easy is New Orleans, of course. And that's where part three takes place. The entire story takes place in New Orleans. August, what was it, 29th? 2005. It's the night before the arrival of Hurricane Katrina. So yeah, I'm working on that one to get it ready, get it all polished up. And uh, the third part will be out very shortly. And then the trilogy will be complete. I'll ask my friend out in Honolulu who has helped me set up the series online, the One Night Trilogy series, and i ask him very politely to add this third book to the series so they can all be together on Amazon. And uh, I will be in control <laughs> of the pricing on part three. I won't have much control of parts one and two, but hey, at least the entire trilogy will be out there. But the, what do I need to give thanks for? Oh, for the first time since that you know one night trilogy started, one night in Bangkok, that's when I stopped giving books away for free. When I became a published author with Savant Books and Publications out of Honolulu with my friend Daniel Janik, the former publisher, now actor, <laughs> film producer and actor Daniel Janik, gave me my big chance as an author and offered to publish my, like, it was like my sixth novel, I think, One Night in Bangkok, part one of the One Night Trilogy. 
And I wrote that trilogy all together, you know, all three stories at once. And so Last Night in the Big Easy has been out there for nine years now, eight years. And it's just about now to reach the public. But what I'm giving thanks for today is a sale that I did that I arranged before my cruise to give away using a, an outfit called Book, Books Barbarian that has been a very successful tool in selling books using their email subscription service. They claim to have 22 to 50,000 email subscribers for their various genres, including sci-fi. And of course, I started the 2095 series as prequels to the One Night Trilogy uh, to garner more readership, to get more attention to the One Night Trilogy. And 2095 has kind of stolen the spotlight from the One Night Trilogy because mainly because the trilogy hasn't been complete. That's the reason we're trying desperately to get the third part out there. But 2095 is a prequel to that first trilogy. And since then, as you know, has become four star... Uh, four... <laughs> getting ahead of myself. Four books in a series, which is eventually going to be a 10-part series and just dwarf the One Night Trilogy altogether, but they are related still. Nick is the uncle to the protagonist, Miles, which is the protagonist in the One Night Trilogy, but Nick is the protagonist in part one and two of the 2095 series. And of course, Sephra takes over in part three, and she becomes the, the hallmark, the centerpiece of the rest of the trilogy. She will be the driving force going forward in part five and all the way up to part ten. You know, there will be more new characters, and uh, Nick and Christy will be there, but uh, only in the background. Sephra is really going to be the centerpiece of the 2095 series. But what we did, we did a giveaway. And you can, on a book in Amazon, you can do up to five days to list your book for free. And I think, it's, I think that's per calendar year. And I have never really taken advantage of that. I think I did it with the first children's book. And by the way, there's plenty of news on the children's book front. I mean, it's full steam ahead with the sequel to This Enchanted Old Ruin and also The Corner of Grackle and Bunny. You know, it's coming along very well with the illustrators. I've had conversations with both. But the giveaway, uh, I could not remember after my bout with COVID and my vacation, I could not remember if I was doing the giveaway on New Year's Eve or New Year's Day. And I had to ask the folks, the good folks at Book Barbarian uh, to remind me because I didn't have an email that showed me the date. So I, I did it. Uh, for New Year's Eve, I listed my part one of 2095 series for free on Amazon. You have to prearrange this stuff for New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. So I just did it for two of the five days, you know, because I, I wasn't going to use all five of them anyway. So New Year's Eve, I just did marketing through Facebook. And uh, lo and behold, it worked. There were 31 downloads of the free version of 2095, so it was working. Things change on Amazon, you know, they switch you from the uh, 
bestseller list to the free list. There is a rankings for sales of books, and there's also rankings for the ones that are being given away for free. So they automatically change your book over to the free side, and uh, it did reflect on those 31 downloads on New Year's Eve. And then New Year's Day came, <laughs> which was a shock on how successful, that was when the actual email went out by Book Barbarian, was just that one 24-hour period on January 1st. And yes, I've had success with them. That's the reason I was using them again for marketing. I had many times of success with Eight Days on Maui and also with uh, 2095 with their email subscribers. You know, if I would, you know, sometimes I would get 50 sales in a day and 60, I think I got up to 70 one time, and that's a lot. For, for my books, you know, compared to other authors, that might be pretty low. You know, other authors will say, well, I did 600 units in a day. And I'm like, well, my novels aren't quite as popular. So doing 65, 70 in a day is huge for one of my books. And uh, so that meant, that told me that the subscriber list on Book Barbarian is real. They have real readers that are interested in what books they advertise every day through this email service. Say if you want an email letter on the book of the day or the free book of the day of science fiction, that's what you'll see in your email. You know, if you're not interested in historical fiction or romance, you won't see that. You will just see science fiction. And there are requirements that you have to fulfill in order to be uh, eligible for marketing on Book Barbarian, and that includes having at least 10 ratings or reviews. And you have to have an average of more than 3.5 or 3.6 stars you know, out of 5. So there are requirements. You just can't say, here, advertise my book. You have to fulfill their requirements first, which I did. And uh, plus there is a fee. I think I paid $40 for this promotion for New Year's Day. And guess how many downloads we had in that 24-hour period. And the sales that it bled over into sales of the other three sequels? Guess. January 1st, I had 1,005 downloads of part one. And then, you know, some people checked their email on January 2nd and missed out on the free giveaway, yet they still bought the 99-cent book once it went back to the pay side of Amazon. This was overwhelming. I was expecting maybe, you know, they said you could have up to 2,200 downloads on the free side, depending on genre. So, I, you know, I'm a little skeptical when I see those predictions and, you know, average download statistics. I was skeptical. And I thought, well, if I get 100, I'll be happy. And I would have been. But to get 1,000, oh my gosh. That's a thousand readers right there. Now, whether or not those thousand downloads will, those people will read the book that they downloaded for free, I don't know. That's up to them. <laughs> but what did happen were the sales of the other three sequels. There were a hundred sales. It was right at 98 sales that continued into a second day and a third day, January 3rd. Of people still buying 
the 2095 series, and it ended up, I think, 98 total sales after it was all said and done of those four books, along with 1,005 downloads of the free side. And, of course, the rankings went through the roof, and we're so grateful for that as well. The 2095 series now is a best-selling series. All four books have hit the bestseller list on Amazon for that genre time travel. And the overall ranking of part one itself, now we're bragging just a little bit, and we don't do that much, but <laughs> this is rare, folks. This is rare air for me, Keith R. Reese, the author. On the free side, 2095 went up to about number 400 on the, the overall list. Now that's out of millions of books that are given away every day for free on Amazon. It climbed up to number 400. Now I've had friends of mine on the pay side get up into the top 30 of the list of best-selling books across every genre of Amazon. I've had friends, you know, other author friends, you know, do that well with their books. It was a seasonal book that, that this friend of mine had for Thanksgiving. It was a children's book, but boy, did it sell. And she didn't even realize how well it was doing until I, you know, made the point. I said, this is in the nation. This is Amazon US. You are in the top 50. <laughs> you have made the big time. And I know your publisher is noticing this also. <laughs> I said, expect them to ask you to do another book. <laughs> So I was very happy for her, and the results we had from New Year's Day was just overwhelming, and we have a lot of thanks, you know, all thanks to give to God for the success that we've had here with Keith R. Reese Books and uh, the continuing success of Bexer in the Morning, and here is the news. And spreading the word of God through this medium has been fun, and we're going to keep doing it, and I enjoy what we're doing. And uh, here's the news is fun. You know, we have a little fun on that side of the podcast world. And here in Bexter in the morning, it is about spreading the gospel of Lord Jesus of the Lord Jesus Christ to as many people as we can. And we're not going to stop until we make it to Catholic Radio. That is our goal here at Bexter in the morning. So it is nearly 6.30 this fourth day of January. Yes, we pre-record these episodes. This will be for January 7th, the Epiphany of the Lord and May the peace in Christ and love of Christ be with all of you. And uh, let's get our 2024 off to a good start. And be nice to strangers because sometimes you are a stranger too. As I told my good friend that I have made from the Encore of Norwegian, the Norwegian Encore, uh, my good friend Juvelin, who is a devout Christian and gets a little mixed up in the symbol, the sim, symbolism of the Catholic Church, and that's understandable. A lot of people tend to think that we worship idols in our church, you know, with the statues and all the symbolism, but that's just a misguided uh, interpretation of the Catholic Church. And when you've been Catholic before and you've been there, you were baptized, received the sacraments of the Eucharist, Confirmation, perhaps even married in the church, the other sacrament of marriage? I don't know. If you've been away from the Catholic Church and you've left for other reasons, for whatever reasons you've, you, you've come up with to leave the Catholic Church, you tend to forget 
the basic principle of what the word Jesus was trying to spread and continues to spread through the priest, through nuns, through lay people who are ministers like myself. And she is a minister herself, but in a different way now that she is, you know, living at sea nine months out of 12 every year, separated from her family, from her children. It can you and you start getting influenced by other actors that you work with and uh, you know live on the same ship and you tend to get misguided, misinformation, uh, false accusations against the church and I understand that. But don't get caught up in why we have these symbols. What I told her was the statues are merely symbols. There's nothing to to worry about. We have a statue of Christ at the head of the altar, whether it be the crucifixion, you know, the crucifix, which is a statue, believe it or not. <laughs> and we also have the, the resurrected Christ, the resurrection of the Lord, you know, in, in statue form behind other altars. It depends, you know, whoever is in charge of building that parish church, they get to decide whether to display. Sometimes they put up a vote to the parishioners. They said, well, would you rather see the crucifixion or the resurrected Christ behind the altar? And these are statues. Let's be honest. And it is Jesus that we are worshiping. Jesus is God. He is the Son of God. But we're not worshiping the statues. We see a symbol of Mary or Joseph or the saints they're merely statues that represent people that have gone before us. We're not worshiping the statue like she. her comparison was the, the golden calf. When Moses went up the, the mountain to receive the Ten Commandments, she said the people got tired of waiting and created the, the golden calf and worshiped it. I said, well, that was their God. These statues that you see in churches are not gods. They are merely symbols. And that would include the crucifixion and the resurrected Christ that you see behind the altar. It is technically a statue, but we're not worshiping the statue. We're just using it as a symbol. Now, what we do worship is the Eucharist, the tabernacle. We bow, we genuflect toward the tabernacle, which contains the consecrated host, of Jesus Christ. And, and, you know, when people leave the Catholic Church, they tend to forget the Last Supper and the symbolism. And, you know, like I said, the, the Catholic Church is replete with symbolism. But Jesus gave us those symbols in order to remember him because he would not be here on earth in the flesh much longer. That was what he was trying to convey to the apostles at the Last Supper. He was going to the Father. He stayed with them for a time after he resurrected miraculously from the dead after three days in the tomb. And then he said, you know, it's time for me to go to heaven and be at the right hand of God. And he left us with symbolism. The host, the bread, the wine who represents the blood that he sacrificed for us, for our sins. So, yeah, the Catholic Church has many symbols, and people that have been Catholic before and have left the church, we pray for them, 
And we, of course, we want them to come back, but people have to make their own decisions and uh, their struggle in their own faith. And let us pray for all these people that were born Catholic and have left the church. And they, you know, like my friend, she is a good Christian and she's gone another way because of her child wanted to go the charismatic way. They, they call it the, uh, the born again church of something. I, I don't know. But that's wonderful that they have services on board the ship uh, once a week. They sing, they give praise, they have praise and worship services. That's wonderful. But I want to pray for my friend and all people that we know in our own lives that have been Catholic before but decided to leave the church. And some of them might be closer to us than we think. Some of us may have children that have left the Catholic Church. And you know, we raised them from birth. They were baptized Catholic. But you know, when they become adults, they make their own decisions. And yes, the Catholic Church has made a lot of mistakes. I don't have to bring up the scandals that have happened in the last 20 so odd, some odd years. There is a history of mistakes in the Catholic Church, but you know the Catholic Church is run by human beings. We're not going to give any excuses here. But the basic principle of the Catholic Church is clear. Those of us that continue to go to Mass, and there are many of us that still do, we understand that there's more at stake here than just you know, the mistakes that are made. The Catholic Church is the biggest charitable organization on the planet. We help out the poor, the needy, all over the planet. Yet we don't get too much credit for that, and we really don't look for it. But it's, it's, you know, it's a fact. The Catholic Church is the biggest and most active and generous charitable organization in the world. And I'm proud of that. And that's the reason that we have the Mom Charities, the, the miracle of Maui Charities, to spread that charity, that love, to those in need of, you know, victims of natural disasters. That's why we have the, the Mom Charities here at K.R. Reese Enterprises, an extension of the Catholic Church, in a charitable way. So that's one of the many things that we're doing here in our mission. And if, you know, someone comes along and says, well, you're, you're worshiping false idols in your church, well, don't argue with them. Just say, well, you know, if you want to say anything, they say, well, they're just statues. Don't worry about it. <laughs> come back to the church. Come to Mass. Take advantage of the sacrament of reconciliation and receive the body of Christ again. Jesus wants us to come to his Father's house. So let's get started. Enjoy your Sunday. Enjoy the Epiphany. Enjoy 2024, and let's all have a healthy and prosperous new year. And God be with us all. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you for listening, folks. For Jet Bexer, I am Keith R. Reese saying good day, folks. Bexer in the Morning is brought to you by our friends at Spotify. Hosted and produced by Keith R. Reese and a product of Reese Podcasting, a division of K.R. Reese Enterprises. Thank you for listening.